<laughs> I'll restart. Hey, my name is Ethan. I'm the campus pastor at Vestal, and I'm really excited to be here this morning with all of you. Uh, it's good to see some familiar faces and great to see some that I don't recognize. But we're on week number two of a series that we've entitled Marked. And we're talking about this idea that each of us, if you've accepted Jesus as your personal savior, that you are marked by Jesus. That God has called you, that he has anointed you, that he has a purpose for you. And so last week we started into this series and we really kicked it off with this verse from Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 it says this, it says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, and Paul uses this word that has so much emotion and just such an amazing word. He says, I beg you. Like do you feel the emotion in that? Like he's pleading, he begs us. He says, to lead a life worthy of your calling because you have been called by God. And so that's what we started this series off with. And we're talking about this idea that, that we're each marked. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to look to the person next to you. I want you to tell them, I'm marked. All right, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Now pick the, look at the person you don't like as much and tell them, you know, I'm marked. Like, this is a big deal. <laughs> we have been marked. God has called us. And what we learned last week, that, that he has called us not just to do something, but, but really it's more about a who. It's about who we really are. It's about how we live, and, and he's called us to be set apart for a purpose, and, and, and we talked through that last week. And today, we're going to look at this idea of being marked for forgiveness. If we've been marked by Jesus, one of the things that should characterize us is forgiveness. Because Jesus has forgiven us so much, we should also forgive others. Now, let's just be honest for a moment. That's not easy. Right? At times in our lives, it is not easy to forgive other people. At times in our lives, there are things that we have been really hurt by. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of emotion there. And in fact, sometimes we become so hurt that we actually become marked by our hurt. Well, let me try to explain this a little bit for you. Uh, back when I was in fifth grade, I played one season of baseball, okay? And there's a reason I played one season. I, honestly, I wasn't that good. I know, I know that's shocking, you know, looking at me now, you probably think, wow, he's so athletic. But, but <laughs> I, I wasn't overly good at baseball, and, and through this season, I literally hit the ball twice the entire year. I was so shy, so self-conscious, I'd get up to bat, and I just wouldn't even swing. Like, it was awful. And so towards the end of the year, one of my, one of my teammates, he says, you know, in, in typical fifth grade fashion, he says, dude, you suck. <laughs> and and that, that was a hurt. Like, I'll be honest, that's something I took and I, I put it on. I, I became marked by that hurt, that I was unathletic. That was something that, that I began to wear around and believe about myself because of that hurt. A few years later, entering high school, you know, um, because I wasn't overly athletic, I got another mark, one of maybe a nerd. And I took that one on me, too, as people said, oh, you're just so smart, you're such a nerd, or, you know, those kind of statements. And then I remember this one kid. His name was Dan Albright. I, I sat next to him in one of my classes, and he was the starting quarterback. He's a pretty cool kid. And he liked to remind me that I wasn't nearly as cool as him, right? And so, so that was another mark that I took on, and, and maybe you've taken on some of these marks through your life as well. That you have some things in your life where people have made comments, maybe it was just a snide remark, maybe it was just a quick remark, but you're like, oh man. And that hurt, that pain, 
It stuck to you. And you were marked by it. Uh, and then I had this girlfriend at one point in time. She, she broke up with me and she went out with one of my friends. You know, maybe you experienced that. And so then I thought, well, okay, I'm, I'm unwanted too. And I took on these marks over and over and over again, these things, these hurts, these pains that really characterized who I was. And maybe you've had some of the same things. Maybe you've had people make remarks and, and maybe you've realized that as time goes on, that life is a lot like high school. You know, the, 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 a lot, a lot changes. There's still people that make a lot of rude remarks. There's still people that, that think they're cooler than everybody else and you've taken some of these marks. Maybe people make comments like, wow, You've gained a lot of weight since last time I see you, seen you. Or, or maybe things like, you know, wow, you've lost a lot of hair. That's really nice. You know, and, and you take on these marks and it's like, wow, I'm ugly, I'm unattractive. Or maybe even you feel like you're unloved. Oops, that one's upside down. You feel like you're unloved because somebody left you. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was a, a spouse. And you've got these hurts, these pains, and they're what mark you right now. You're characterized by your hurts. And, and the reality is, all of us have this. We have people in our life who, who frustrate us at times. You may be married to them. <laughs> and they frustrate you. And they cause you some pain. They say things. They, they do little digs. There maybe is that person at the office that when you hear their voice, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And you're just like, oh, I can't stand them. Because you know they're going to make a comment. They're, they don't value you. They don't appreciate you, whatever it is. And you just know. And maybe there's people that, that have framed you. You know, you thought they were your friend, and, and they went talking behind your back. They gossiped about you. They told people things that weren't true, and they just framed you. Or maybe they're people that fouled you. They've cheated you in some way. Maybe a business partner. Maybe somebody at work who took your idea. Maybe, maybe you've had people that you literally fight you. You know, maybe physically, but maybe it's emotional and mental that they're fighting you. Or maybe someone flips on you. That friend you thought you had and you found out, now they aren't sticking around. You know, maybe for some of you, as much as this may hurt, maybe that was a parent that abandoned you, that abused you. And you took that mark and you're wearing it around. The reality is that people fail us. And, and the worst part is we fail ourselves over and over and over again. And the difference between somebody who is marked by the hurts, the difference between somebody who's marked by their pain and somebody who's marked by Jesus is summed up with one word, forgiveness. Forgiveness is what makes us marked by Jesus. It's all part of it. And so today I want to look at this passage in Luke chapter 23. And I just want to walk through a couple things that will help us as we think about how to forgive. As we think about how to get rid of some of these pains that have hurt us, some of these pains that have, we've carried along with us. And so in Luke chapter 23, if you have a Bible and want to turn over there, we pick up the story where Jesus is literally hanging on the cross. 
And so Jesus has already been through this make-believe trial, and he's already been beaten and flogged, and, and he's already had to carry the cross up to the hill, the skull. And we pick up the story there, and he has a, a criminal on each side. And in Luke 23, and 30, verse 32, he says this. He says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And so oftentimes I think we read this and we kind of just pass by it, but, but I don't want us to miss what's happening here. You see, an execution like this, a crucifixion, this was meant to humiliate. It was meant to be incredibly painful. It was meant to be something that was only for the worst of the worst. And so Jesus, here he is, and, and I think oftentimes when we, when we picture this, we see Jesus on this really tall cross, and he's kind of hanging up there above everybody else. And more than likely, that's not actually what happened. More than likely, the cross was only a couple inches off the ground, where Jesus' feet would have been just a few inches above the ground. And so as people walked by and looked at Jesus, they would literally look almost eye to eye with him. And they would yell profanities and mock and spit. And then as Jesus is hanging there, he would have literally had his hands you know, nailed to the cross and his feet nailed. And, and with every breath, he would have to pull himself up. The, the pain against the nails and the nails in his feet as he pushed and pulled himself up to take in this gasp of air. And to do that over and over and over and with his back ripped open and, and sliding up and down this wooden cross, the pain that would have been there. And Jesus is, is hanging there. People are yelling, humiliating. I mean, this is just an awful scene. The creation, God's people that he created, were literally at their worst. And they're mocking and spitting. And then with Jesus' last breaths, in verse 34, we see what he does. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. That's powerful. At a moment when he would have been hanging there with people in his face, yelling and screaming and spitting and the pain and all of it, even though he did nothing wrong, He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. What an amazing act of forgiveness. That is what we should be marked by. We should carry the same idea as Jesus, that we should forgive others even when they do us wrong. And so Jesus walks through and he, and he says, Father, forgive them. And this is just at the heart of the gospel. This idea of forgiveness and all that had happened there as Jesus experienced this amazing amount of humiliation and pain, but yet is dying for the very ones who are doing all of that. Now, obviously, we aren't Jesus. And he was supernatural and he was God, but I think we can learn so much from his example. And so I want to give us two really Simple thoughts. They're, they're simple, but they're not easy. 
And I want to give us two simple thoughts that as we think about forgiveness that we can begin to apply. The first one is this, that we need to pray for those who hurt you. You see, Jesus, as he hangs on the cross, he does really the only thing he can do. He prays. He looks up to his father and he says, okay, I know that they are hurting. I know that they may not even understand exactly what they are doing, but God, I am going to pray for them. And not only did he do that there, but he taught that this is what we should do. In Luke chapter 6, verse 28, it says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. And then again, over in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43, he says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. In other words, you've heard this taught before. This is what you've heard your entire life, that you should love your neighbor, but hate those who are unkind to you. And Jesus says, no, but I'm going to flip that. He says, but I tell you, this, and this is, this is shocking. This would have been jaw-dropping for the people hearing this. He says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He says, begin to pray for these individuals. Pray for the people that hurt you. Pray for those who have hurt you in the past. Pray for those who continually persecute you now or torment you now. Pray for them. Pray for them. Now, now I don't know what you think when you read that, but I think, okay, yeah, I can do that. I'll pray their brakes go out when they're going down the hill. I'll pray they get hemorrhoids. I'll pray that everything in their life goes bad. I'll pray that they get what's coming to them. I pray that somebody treats them just like they're treating me. Like, yeah, I'll pray for them. <laughs> but obviously that's not what Jesus means. Jesus says you need to begin to honestly pray for them. And that might not be easy to do. But I, I think what Jesus recognized and what we need to understand is that a right attitude leads to a right action. And so what he is saying here, and, and what I think we should understand from this, is that as we begin to pray for somebody, as we begin to say, okay, God, and I think we can be honest with God, and just say, God, you know, they've really hurt me. But I'm going to pray for them. God, I pray you'd bless them. It doesn't need to be a long prayer. It doesn't need to be a big prayer. But God, bless them. Do something good for them today, God. And they may not deserve it. They probably don't deserve it. But Jesus says, hey, we should begin to pray for those who hurt us, pray for those who are unkind to us, pray for those who persecute us, because as we have this right attitude, it'll help us ultimately lead to a right action. And what I love about this idea is that I know that your prayer may not change them. It may not. It may not change them. But it will definitely change you. It'll change you. As you begin to, to cry out to God for them, you'll begin to think differently about them. And then your prayers will start to get a little bit longer. And then eventually that right attitude will, will lead to a right action. And you'll be able to, to forgive. So, so we begin to pray. That's what Jesus did. That's what he taught us. We pray for them. We, we care about them through that attitude, this right attitude. But then the second thing, again, really simple but not always easy. We forgive 
as you have been forgiven. We forgive as you have been forgiven. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. <laughs> he says, forgive as you've been forgiven. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to speak for you. I don't know all of you. But personally, God has forgiven me a ton. Like, God has forgiven me a lot. The times I've lied, the times I've hurt people, the times I've done the things that I desired and not the things that God desired. And I would assume that most of you are in that same boat. That time and time again, you've done things that you shouldn't have, that you've lived for your desires, that, that, that you've hurt people, that, that maybe you are the one who people are thinking about right now that, that they need to forgive because you've hurt them. You've caused us pain. And God's forgiven me so much. And we should offer that same forgiveness to others. We should offer this forgiveness even when it feels like it's unforgivable. Even when it feels like, can you imagine how Jesus felt? I mean, just hanging there with this, these people yelling in his face and spitting on him, that would have felt like that was unforgivable. And he says, Father, forgive them. And, and just as we have been forgiven, we've been marked by this forgiveness, we should forgive others. And we really have two options. We can offer this forgiveness or we can live in bitterness. Because as we become marked by the pains, and as we become marked by the hurts in our life, those things continue to define us. They, be be they become our identity. And as they become our identity and that we are defined by them, bitterness grows in our heart. And bitterness brings bondage. We become trapped. In fact, I love this quote from Anne Lamott in her book, Traveling Mercy. She says it this way. She says, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. That's what unforgiveness looks like. Unforgiveness creates this bondage in our life, but forgiveness offers freedom. We offer this forgiveness and we move on. We're able to, to let go of these things from our past. In fact, the great theologians on the movie Frozen really sum it up quite well. They tell us to, to let it go, to let it go, to not hold it back anymore, right? Like, like the, the, I have two girls that love Frozen, so please forgive me for that one. But, but as we forgive, we have to let it go. And here's what happens. We've been marked by these, forgiveness, these hurts, these pains. But as we realize that we are truly marked by Jesus, then what we do is we begin to deal with all of these other things that mark us. We begin to, to offer the forgiveness to those people. We begin to, to forget about and move on and let go of the hurts that we've let define us. And that creates such great freedom and allows us to be even more and even better marked by Jesus. 
We get rid of those hurts. And then we're marked. We're called for this purpose. Now, I don't know all of your stories. And I can imagine there's a ton of hurt in this room. In a room this size, I'm sure there are people who have been abused. I'm sure there are people who have been abandoned. I'm sure there are people who have went through much more significant things than I have. And I don't make light of that. But I know, and I want you to know, that through the power of Jesus, you can forgive. Now, maybe you don't think that is possible. But I want you to watch a video here in just a moment. It's a friend of mine who attends the Vestal campus. Her name is Lorraine. And her story is so powerful. And it proves how Jesus, when we're truly marked by Jesus, how we can, how we can get rid of all of the pains that we have let define us. So go ahead and check this out. I've seen that video many times, and I still cry every time. But apart from Jesus, Lorraine could have never have done that. But the day she chose to forgive was the day she found freedom. I don't know about you today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've allowed to mark you, what pains, what hurts you've taken on. But if you're willing, Jesus wants to help you forgive. He wants to be what you are marked by. Let's pray together. God, I know there's so much hurt and so much pain. And I know that, that God, you have the ability to change that. You have the ability to, to bring freedom, to renew our hearts, renew our minds. You have the ability to help us be identified by you, not by all that other stuff. And so today I pray, God, for those individuals who have struggled with forgiveness, who have felt some real pain and have not been able to let it go yet. God, I pray that today you would move and stir in their heart, that you would use Lorraine's testimony that you would use their, your word to help them take that step, to begin to pray, but then ultimately to forgive that person. God, we thank you that through your power, we can do that. I just pray this all in your name. Amen.